What's up, everyone, and welcome to Good Wolf Radio. It's Jerry Scarlato, and I'm the founder and fitness coach at Thrivology in Alexandria, Kentucky. Last time, we started a conversation about showing up. We talked a little bit about habits, how they're formed, why they're important, and a number of different things. Let's hit a few of those important points. Uh, First, habits are formed to help us achieve a goal easily and effectively. There are three types of goals that we're trying to achieve. An outcome goal where we're pursuing a specific outcome, a process goal where we're trying to implement a regular process, or an identity goal where we're pursuing something because of the person that we believe we are. The closer that you can get to pursuing identity goals, the more likely you are to make the goal or make the habits that you're trying to create to pursue the goal part of your life. Uh, Those habits are formed actively or passively. The more active you are in developing your habits, the more they're going to support the kind of person that you're trying to become. And there are two major brain areas that are useful or used during this process. Like I said, there are many brain areas that are used, but the two that we talked about, the prefrontal cortex, which helps give meaning to the habits that we have and the experiences in general that we have. Um, also helps bring awareness to the habits that we're trying to change or we want to change. And then the basal ganglia, which are, are a number of structures that literally put us into action. So I think the next good question to ask after reviewing habits last time is how long does it take to form a habit? I'm sure you've heard a number of different answers to this question. It takes 21 days to form a habit. It takes 30 days. It takes 10 days, so on and so forth. And the question is, is are, which one's right? And the answer is kind of all of them are kind of right. So there's been a number of studies on this one. There's one in general that I'll talk about. Um, that, that showed that people pursuing the same habits ranged in their implementation of it from 18 days to 254 days. So between 18 days and 254 days to make the habit a habit. So why or what defined being able to call it a habit? At what point did they say, okay, now it's a habit? And generally, in the study, they said that it was when they completed the habit on average 85% of the time and that it took low mental effort to complete the habit. So we're going to take those two points, completing the habit 85% of the time and low mental effort, and we're going to double-click on them to see why those are important. Why it's important that, 80 per, that you're doing something 85% of the time, and why, why it's important to have low mental effort, and also how we even get there. So we already talked about the prefrontal cortex, and we talked about the basal ganglia. Within that, if we dig even a little deeper, there's even more going on. So If you're ready for science class 101, actually, I'm certain that this isn't going to be close to what a real science teacher would teach because my level of understanding is still pretty high, but hopefully it has a good base to it. 
Um, but before we get to that, let's do a little bit more recalling. So prefrontal cortex and basal ganglia are utilized to start and form habits. The basal ganglia has two pathways. Number one, the associative. That's the pathway that helps us gather information and consolidate everything so that we can move it to the second pathway, which is the automatic pathway. So we're taking the conscious and making it unconscious. So with that, we don't have to think about it and it's much easier to complete. That transition or that process in general is procedural memory. So as you improve your procedural memory, you are making the process easier. You are making the habit easier. So as you perform the new behavior, the more often you perform it, the better the procedural memory, the more ingrained the habit becomes, the easier it becomes to perform. You get that sequence of things. So that sequence, there's something underlying all of that, meaning there's something literally within your body that is allowing that sequence to become easier over time. The general overarching term for that is neuroplasticity. If you've never heard the term neuroplasticity, it's basically your nervous system adapting and changing to your behaviors and the environment and so on. Most of neuroplasticity in our lives happens before the age of like probably 25. And a lot of it is pretty well ingrained by around that time, 25 to 30. Don't quote me on that, but it's around that time. However, neuroplasticity can happen at any time in our life. Maybe not to the same degree, maybe not as easily, but nonetheless, it can happen at any time. We can make changes on our, in our nervous system. We can, we can learn things. We can learn new, new things. We can do new habits. All of that is literally changing your nervous system. And that change in nervous system, in other words, neuroplasticity is not only, but it is facilitated by a substance called myelin. Okay, so if you can think of a nerve as a rope, myelin is basically a layer of literally a fatty substance around a nerve that protects the nerve and protects the signals that are running through it. It insulates the nerve, protects the nerve, and protects the signals that are running through it. That layer that runs over a nerve is called a myelin sheath. And the thicker that myelin sheath is, the more protected it is, the more insulated it is, the more likely it is that the nerve or the signal is going to get through the nerve. And the faster it's going to get through the nerve. On average, the, a thicker myelinated nerve acts about 100 times faster than one that is much thinner. And that's pretty fast. So the more often we perform a task or the more often we do a thing or the more often we perform a habit, the thicker that sheath gets, the more protective that nerve pathway becomes, the more insulated it becomes, the faster that it happens. Conversely, conversely, when a pathway becomes demyelinated, if I can say the word, literally when myelin deteriorates from a pathway, uh, there are a couple of things that happen. From On an extreme standpoint, myelin is actually the 
the substance implicated in multiple sclerosis. If you've ever heard of that, it is an autoimmune disease that attacks the central, attacks the central nervous system. Um, it is because myelin is, is literally deteriorating and the body begins to dysfunction because of it. That's on a more severe sense. On a lower scale, on a smaller scale, demyelination happens regularly to all of us, and it happens faster to some of us than others, and it's mostly, not only, but mostly uh, based on a couple of things, namely your exercise habits or lack thereof, your general movement habits or lack thereof, your sleeping habits or lack thereof, and your nutrition habits or lack thereof. Okay, so those things will help either maintain or grow your myelin sheath. In other words, the protecting that is around your nerves in general, um, or they will deteriorate. And that slow deterioration over time during the aging process brings out things like cognitive dis dysfunction, lack of balance, and just loss of general motor control. So if you see somebody who is 75 or 80 years old and they have a hard time getting around and they maybe need to walk with a cane because their balance isn't good and they have a hard time maintaining their hands and moving their hands, that partly, not only, but partly is because of the deterioration of the myelin sheath around the, their nerves. That nerve signal that's going through the nerves is getting lost along the way because the sheath isn't thick enough to hold it in place and make the connection. So what's interesting is that it only takes about 30 days of not performing a regular task uh, or of performing a task regularly for deterioration to begin. So if you stop a task, let's say, you played an instrument while you were young and you did really well and you played it a lot and you stopped doing it for whatever reason. It only takes about 30 days for your body to start to forget how to do it, if you will. Now, of course, you're going to be able to pick it up, pick it back up more easily if you pick that instrument, literally pick the instrument back up later in adulthood. But nonetheless, that deterioration is real and it is there and it is because not only, but it is because of myelin and the deterioration of myelin that that happens. Because again, think that if the sheath around the nerve is thick and it is insulating the nerve, it is allowing that connection to go from impulse to wherever it's trying to go to get the body to do what it's trying to do. And as if it loses that connection, it's not going to get to the other side. Therefore, the action is either not going to happen or it's going to happen very ineffectively. So what does myelin then have to do with habits and habit formation? Well, habits form through improvement in procedural memory. That's what we just talked about. And that's when you use your prefrontal cortex to make changes in your habits, do that purposefully. And when your basal ganglia goes from associative to automatic, in other words, making the conscious unconscious, and that is improving your procedural memory. 
the more often you perform that habit, the more ingrained that is, the better your procedural memory, the easier it becomes over time. When it comes to myelin, the more often you perform a task, the more often you do a thing, no matter if it's a physical thing, a mental thought or whatever it is, the more often you perform something, the thicker that myelin sheath becomes around that pathway. The thicker that that path becomes, the faster that that signal happens. The faster the signal happens, the easier it is for you to perform it. So literally, and like I said, this isn't the only thing that's implicated in developing habits, but it is a big part of it. Literally, it is the expanding of that myelin sheath because of the repetition of the action that is making it easier to perform. There's a lot of other things to it. I totally get it. Still lots of mental barriers you have to overcome. Still a lot of other pathways that I'm sure I'm overlooking. But nonetheless, this is a very important point. The thing that is most important, if we look back at the very beginning and we look at the study that said it took some people 18 days and it took some people 254 days, um, why? Why some 18 and why 254? And I can't say this for sure. I can't say this indefinitely. Uh, indefinitely, it's not. I can't say this definitely. But maybe it is because those people who took longer weren't regularly performing the task that they were trying to complete. In other words, it was not there that 85% when they completed the habit 85% of the time, the ones who did that the fastest and, uh, and did it regularly built that pathway faster and that created lower mental friction. Those people who it only took 18 days for them to do that, there were still lots of mental friction they had to overcome, but they probably did something more regularly because when it comes to building the pathway, if you will, it is repetition that is the key. It is repeating a task regularly and often, often and regularly that builds that pathway and makes it something that you're going to do, makes it something that you're going to repeat over time and makes it something that is going to be sustainable for you so that you it actually becomes part of you, literally becomes part of you. It is repetition. Remember, it only takes about 30 days for that myelin to start to, ter to deteriorate. And when it starts to deteriorate, that means that the pathway is becoming weaker. That means it's moving slower. That means it's more likely to lose signal. And when it loses signal, it just becomes harder to do. Which is probably partly also why when you actually stop, I, I fully believe that starting a new habit the first time is easier than starting a, a habit again. Meaning if you're going to start, if you're going to start working out and you haven't done it for 10 years, like most people, maybe they work out when they're in their teens and partly in their twenties. And then they stop because they get into a career, get into a family, so on and so forth. And then once they get to about 50, they go, well, I better start doing something again. If you do that and start exercising, 
that part is easier, not easy, but easier than if you start at 50, stop at 51 because of whatever reason, and then try to start again at 52. And this definitely has something to do with it. That deterioration of the myelin, like I said, it's, I, I, a lot of it has to do with identity, but that deterioration of the myelin has a lot to do with it, which is why just doing something, just doing something that is similar to the thing that you're trying to do is so important. It is the repetition that is so important. In our next episode, we're going to go more into depth about the actual strategies that you can do to make this easier, but it is that repetition. And I'm talking and expanding on this and continuing to just jabber on because it is that important. It is the showing up. It is the doing things regularly that makes it part of you. The idea that, oh, I'm, I'm going to miss 10 minutes of my hour-long workout, so I might as well skip it, is so detrimental. 10 minutes, whether it's 10 minutes an hour, two hours, no matter how long that exercise session is, because you showed up and you did it, it is reinforcing the pathway. It is reinforcing the thing that you're trying to do. And that is the most important thing. That is the most important thing. I, I don't think I'm overstating that. That is the most important thing. Do you get, okay, I'm going to stop. It's very important. <laughs> John is looking at me going, okay, let's go. Okay, move on. Okay, quick review. Prefrontal cortex and basal ganglia help us form new habits. When we improve our procedural memory going from conscious to unconscious, that is neuroplasticity, plas neuroplasticity happening. That is facilitated by myelin. Myelin coats the nervous system, coats the nerves so that the signal runs faster and more effectively and does not get lost. The thicker that becomes, the faster it moves, the more effective it is, the less likely it is to get lost. And it is in the repetition of the habit or the repetition of the action that builds that pathway and makes it easier to perform. Yes, that's the last time I'm going to say it. <laughs> All right, so here's a couple of questions to think about for next time as you're trying to decide what you need to start repeating more regularly. Question number one, how am I supporting my ability to form new habits? How am I supporting my ability to form new habits? In other words, am I looking for things that get in the way Am I making things harder by trying to do something too intricate or am I finding a simpler way to ingrain a new habit? Next, what habit have I been lazy with that I need to double down on? In other words, what habit am I starting to pull back from, which means that that nerve pathway is starting to deteriorate and become slower? What habit am I pulling back from that I need to build back up, that I need to double down on and say, okay, I got to get back on this thing because I don't want to lose it. And finally, how can I make this habit smaller so that I can make it bigger in the future? 
So one of the things that I've been saying a lot to the athletes that I coach over, I am also a strength conditioning coach at a high school in the area. One thing that I say a lot to the teams is sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. You have to slow down to speed up. And when it comes to forming habits, sometimes, most of the time, it makes sense to start small so that you can expand later. In other words, instead of worrying about the grand plan and the most phenomenal thing that you can start doing, think about the most basic thing you can start doing so that you can start building that pathway, building up that sheath sheath, so that you can make it faster and ingrain it. Then you can expand it then you can make it bigger. Because if you go the other way and you start big, your mind is gonna have a much harder time to make it small and you're more likely just gonna throw it to the side, which then makes it harder to pick it back up. Okay, so think about those three questions. Also, make sure that you share this with your friends so that they know these important facts as well. Uh, Facts, these important details as well. Make sure you also like, subscribe, and share, comment, Let us know any questions that you have so that we can clarify anything that we've missed. And until next time, my friends, here's to your success in health and fitness mastery.